0: say this podcast isn't a restaurant review show. It's not about how good the food is, though it's usually about some darn good food. It's about the stories around the table and how food brings us together. And it's why I absolutely have to share this story with you. I first reported about Start on Today in St. Louis on Channel 5, but here they are in podcast form.
1: It's just flourished and it's become like a really big part of our lives.
0: Because this story is about how food is bringing whole communities together. To motivate, you know, me, you know, to
2: do something.
0: On this episode, you'll hear from Adam Saleh and Luke Brady, two 17-year-old students from St. Louis whose worlds extend far beyond the walls of their high schools. And we're all better off for it.
1: I think any program that sort of gets youth or teens just involved in stuff like this is really, really important. And so that's sort of, that's a big part of what START is.
0: That's ahead on Abbey Eats St. Louis, and then we'll get to food news and your weekend planner, including the dirt on the new food truck garden coming to town. Every start is a beginning, the act of taking the first few steps. In this story, the first steps are literal, the ones in and out of the Islamic Foundation of Greater St. Louis.
1: At this mosque, I'm a Muslim American, and so me and my dad come here to pray. And one day after the prayer we were leaving and there was a guy selling baklava on the steps. Baklava is like a, it's a Middle Eastern dessert. Um,
3: Very delicious. Yeah, it's
1: really good. (laughs) Um, So yeah, he was selling baklava on the steps. And um, so he went over to talk to my dad to try and sell it. And my dad was asking him, like, what was was up? Because, like, people don't normally sell stuff on the steps of the mosque. It's not something you see very often. So um, my dad talked to him in Arabic, which I couldn't understand. and he basically said that he was a refugee with an injury, preventing him from getting good work, um, living in a small room with seven other people. So um, that was a pretty crazy story. Um, my dad. And he was
0: trying to just like make some money for. Yeah, he was trying to make extra
1: money with the baklava selling. So my dad went over to me and he told me about that, and I thought that was crazy because I don't know, refugees were always something that was in like the news and things like that and ever something that I had seen in person, especially not a case like that, because that's like a pretty severe case um, of just like awful conditions for a refugee living in America. And so I was talking to Luke, who's been my friend since we were kids, and I was like, hey, what if we do a little project to raise money for refugees living in St. Louis? And we didn't know it would be as big as it has become since then
0: i sat with adam and luke his best friend at a table in the basement of the mosque it's sort of like a cafeteria space it's where the community hosts regular bazaars which are like craft fairs their initial project was selling keychains car decorations scarves and hijabs whatever they could come up with that they thought could make some money they could sell it at the bazaar and then the money they made could go to help the refugee family well it went well the guys had fun
1: it's getting interesting cuz we're like figuring out what sells well it was it's like just a really it's a really neat experience to do something like this um, from the ground up. So, um, so we sort of just kept going with it, and eventually we were like, "Hey, why don't we just turn this into like a regular thing? Like, make a nonprofit." So we went to the bank and we got the nonprofit status, uh, which was crazy because I don't know how to work the like stuff yeah. like that. Uh, and so, how old are
0: you when well, this is all happening?
1: Uh, we 16. were sixteen. Yeah. So obviously we had a lot of help from our parents. I have to I have yeah. to credit them because they knew how to manage the um systems and things like that with nonprofits and 501c3s and the 501c3 paperwork was horrendous. <laughs> so, so like I remember that in particular. I wouldn't have gotten through that without my mom. So um yeah. Definitely credits to her.
0: They named their 501c3 start. St. Louis Teens Aid Refugees Today. Now, along with a club at Priory where the boys go to school, There are start chapters at several area high schools.
1: We're bringing teens, we're giving them experiences with people from other communities. And so I think that's generally going to help. If we have groups like this that get us in connection with um, diverse communities and things like that, I think that's going to help the future because the adults will be more well-rounded and accepting and understand different cultures better. So I think any program that sort of gets youth or teens just involved in stuff like this is really, really important. Um, and so that's sort of that's a big part of what START is.
0: Last spring they partnered with Welcome Neighbor STL. You may remember having heard of that group during our Thanksgiving episode because they welcome strangers to dinner. The young men and women who've joined START now help put on some of the supper
3: clubs which are fundraising events that Welcome Neighbor puts on where a refugee it'll either be one refugee or many depending on how big the event is and then they'll make a A lot of food, a lot of people will come and enjoy the delicious meal and then they'll hear their story, hear how bad the struggle is just to be kicked out of your country and forced to flee just to another area.
0: And hopefully fueled by the food of that refugee's home country be moved to action. But turns out the efforts to help have moved the refugees themselves.
1: They have refugee cooks that cook 50 meals every Sunday that we take and redistribute to the homeless. And the refugee women see that as a way of giving back because of all the help they've received. Um, And so, yeah, a lot of them are really doing well for themselves with the food because
3: people love the food they cook.
0: (laughs) Sunday mornings, Start Kids are part of an effort that has served more than 2,000 meals to people who are homeless now.
3: So really early in the morning, the refugee family or just the refugee cook in general, they wake up super early. And then with some of the families, their kids will get involved, they'll help them cook. Like one family we had, the little daughter and the little son, they help their mom like a lot. And then the father helps and they all just come together to make the meal. And then we usually, we usually get there around 10 to pick it up. They're super welcoming, they'll, call us, they'll let us in, offer us coffee, offer us, like have us try the meal sometimes. And then we'll pack up the meal, just say thank you over and over and over, and then we'll bring it downtown. And then, like, one time we also had a family come with us, and they actually got to see, like, directly the impact that their cooking had.
0: They're amazing. (laughs) They come on
2: time. They help. They're out. If it's hot, cold, snowing, they're always out.
0: Emma Jabber is originally from Iraq. I went to a restaurant to taste of Lebanon in the Central West End as Adam, Luke, and some of the other start kids packed up the Sunday meal delivery. Now she says helping feels like the next step in becoming a stronger part of her new home. And she wants to help those without a home.
2: Maybe because I was originally refugee and I know what it is. I know that they've been through a lot, you know. and. I
0: feel grateful that I could help. Start doesn't end with a quick downtown drop off. Even in the freezing cold weather, like the day I tagged along, they set up a table and helped serve the meals to anyone who needed them.
2: I love it. I think it's absolutely beautiful uh, that, we have so many different groups uh, working together, uh, different populations, we could say even.
0: Sharon Morrow with the Street Kitchen spends a ton of time with these folks and helps get them to the food.
2: These guys are amazing. What they've done, and they partner with us, and then we come out and um, serve the unhoused. We we call this our uh, human family picnic.
0: The boys say they've learned a lot about the community ever since they decided to invite them to the picnic.
3: I think with most media, you mainly hear about like the Middle Eastern community but then like there's like so many different groups of people that come like the majority of people come from like the Congo or other african areas or asian countries and then like there's still a large community of middle eastern but like it's just that the refugee community it's not it's not one set community but it's like a status and then once they come over here they're like able to share their own strengths and their own culture with their community We met a family of five where like initially it was just, we knew it was two adults and that they had three kids, but then they started bringing their kids along and they started getting meals. And we like, we got really, really close with them. And then eventually we took them to like the city museum for one of their kids' birthdays. And we had like so much fun there because like, like for most, for them, it was like money was always a thing, but then there, they could just run around and have fun. And then. Like they got all the food they wanted, and then I also found out that like one of their daughters I had met at like another tutoring thing, and it was like a crazy like like I'm a part yeah, of yeah that family. Thing
1: we had like 12 people go to the city museum for one of their daughter's birthdays, a little girl. Yeah. And it was, it was a really great time.
0: And so is that one of the families who are homeless? And-
1: yeah, one of the homeless, one of the, ho- yeah. so not a refugee family, but just people we met while we were doing the homeless food delivery. So you, yeah. you do get in contact with them too. And wow. understanding the homeless community on a more personal level, I think it's really important because of everyone has a natural sort of bias towards people who are homeless. Um, and so start has really helped, I think, in both me and Luke, sort of destroy that, break down the barrier, and just see homeless people as people, yeah. first and foremost, rather than homeless people who are, I don't know, doing whatever. They
0: the delicious smell of the food the boys helped pack up and bring downtown to help feed the homeless, that stuck with me for a while. So did the smiles on the faces of people putting the meals together and the gratitude on the ones being fed but i will never forget the wisdom of these two kids sitting across the table from me and how impressive their efforts really
3: were part of having like a welcoming community is not just to have the adults who like know everything doing all the work like you all, you need to have support from like all areas so like having the teens like having the teens help out you're not only giving the young people the opportunity to learn about another culture and to actually serve their community in a meaningful way but you're also able to show those who they're helping that, like, it's not just, it's not just older people care about you. It's the new community. And as you, as you stay here, you're going to continue receiving support.
0: If these guys were going to start anywhere, I, for one, am thankful it's here. Ooh la la. Ooh la la.
3: Ooh la la.
0: So glad we got to revisit that story. Again, I did it for Today in St. Louis a couple of weeks ago. And just the kids had more to say, frankly, than I was able to include in that TV package. So it was really nice to bring it to the podcast and into your ears. And it's really nice to be in the podcast booth with one dory almost hello we have a lot of food news to talk about yes including some breaking food breaking news food news like when i say ho- when they say hot off the presses we don't get to say that very much in a TV. tv newsroom um but i literally just printed this list out yes like minutes ago minutes ago it's not hot though no that'd be nice <sighs> now it is all right dory what's the headline James Beard Restaurant and Chef Semi-Finalists in the St. Louis area just announced. Just announced. This is the 30th annual James Beard Awards. And we like to say we're not just for foodies. So if you're not familiar, James Beard, the James Beard Awards are basically like the big accessible awards system that most of the culinary world aspires to. Mm -hmm. They are not hoity-toity. You may have heard of, like, Michelin stars and things like that. Those are very rare. That's a very, like, highbrow type of rating. There could be James Beard-nominated chefs at fast casual restaurants. We've seen that here in St. Louis in the past. So um, we have several of them here in St. Louis. Um, So we have six restaurants and two chefs in the St. Louis area. Very cool. Yep. Right off the top here, Outstanding Baker... No surprise here, Nathaniel Reed. Absolutely, from Nathaniel Reed Bakery. Yes. Um, you had excited to see Best New Restaurant. Yes, Indo in St. Louis. That's where I went for my birthday this year. You know, it seems so it seems like some of the magazines that had Indo on their cover were ahead of the curb with Ooh. James Beard. I like that. Um, the Rising Star Chef of the Year is also Nick from Indo, so that's awesome. Very cool, yeah. Getting a lot of accolades right away. Uh, we got a couple other
2: Best Chefs for the Midwest category, including...
0: Michael, Michael Galena. Galina. Wow. If we had a dollar for every time we said his name on this <laughs> right. podcast. But he is, of course, of Vicia, one half of the power couple that runs that Central West End establishment. Um, Lana Luo, she's from Lana's Little Eats. Uh, I interviewed her when she first made the semifinalist list. And um, it's really cool because she just doesn't really get it. She, oh. English is not her first language and her husband has to kind of explain it to her. He's like, this is a big deal. It's She's big. like, I just cook, man. And it's oh, I love it's awesome. And, but another example of a fast casual place in Fox Park that rises Rising to the up, level yeah. of um, national accolade.
2: Yes, and then we also have got Jesse Mendica. Is that I her believe name? it's Mendica, Mendica mm-hmm. um, from Olive and Oak in Webster Groves.
0: Yes, also a lot of a great place. Yes, yes, good place, classic St. Louis place. At this point, you can almost say. Yep. And then Lauren Nalick from Balkan Treat Box. Um, wow, what is she not? What list has she not made? Right, recently, recently. It's, everywhere. I mean, for starting with the food truck and then having the new place. So absolutely awesome. And then this is really, really cool because the Best Chef category is um, regional. It's mm-hmm. based in the Midwest that they all made that list. But Miley in Brentwood actually is among the nationwide contenders for Outstanding Restaurant. That is huge. It's so cool. It's so funny. I almost went to Miley like two nights ago, but uh. it was Monday. It was two nights ago, and they're closed on Monday. But uh-huh. if you haven't been there— like, you need to go. You might, it's easy to drive past if you don't know what you're looking for because right. it's in it's that shopping center. way
2: by the Target and the. Um,
0: like the DSW, like, yes, the all of that over there. Yep. Yeah, by a parking garage, essentially. Uh-huh. It's always been, I remember the first time I was like, that's where Miley is. It's so hidden right there. And it's yeah. so good, though. So you definitely need to make sure it's on your list. Congratulations to all of these restaurant and chef semi finalists in the St. Louis area. So, what happens next is, you know, in a couple of weeks, we'll find out who the finalists are and then. Um, a select group is invited up to New York City is, I believe, where they have the big awards gala. And that's when you find out who wins the big awards. But really, even making this short list it's is huge. It's totally huge. So if you were trying to figure out what should be on your ne- on your list to go out to eat to, that was horribly grammatically constructed. <laughs> but You know what I'm saying. I'm hungry. I need to go to one of these places. (laughs) All right. Other food news. Um, Yeah, we've got a new
2: restaurant moving into the space where Scape was in the Central West End. Um, It's going to be called Adira Italian Eatery. It's going to open in May. Now, this is a partnership between the Copler family and Mike Randolph. So. The restaurant that was there before, you probably know a little bit more about Scape, it than I do. Yeah. Yeah, Scape, that was owned also by the Coppler family. So they're kind of reinventing themselves
0: in this same space. Mm-hmm. Last time I was at Scape, actually, um, the Coplers were there. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, it was very much that family restaurant. But... I read a quote by uh, of his in, I believe, St. Louis magazine where it said, you know, Scape had reinvented it so many, itself so many times that it lost its North Star. So mm. it kind of became, frankly, a generic fancy restaurant that didn't really seem to sing in the ways that we've seen so many other St. Louis restaurants sing. Yeah. And so it's like, why bother? And so what they're trying to do now is make it a place that still has the signature pastas and steaks and a pizza station. It's going to be, again, Italian eatery, but they want it to be somewhere that you feel like you can go on an everyday yes. occasion. Um, So it's a pretty strong pivot. Um, Mike Randolph, who we've mentioned in the past because he is the guy behind – I mean, he's been on this James Beard list yes. a couple times. Yeah. Um He's behind c- half and half currently, as well as uh Original J's yes. Tex Mex. Yeah, and he's also been behind like Randolph-y's, um, different places on the loop. And he was in our brunch episode. Yes, he was. And basically, they he's he's interested in doing more consulting. I understand, That's which cool. I think is a great idea for him because that guy's Absolutely. an ideas machine. Anything he touches can Turns- turn to. Gold Gold? for a while? Yeah. I think that's the problem. It's gold for a while, and then all of a sudden it fizzles out. Half and half is the only restaurant that's really survived for a long time. So maybe him in a more consultant Consultant basis. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think it'll be cool to see um, how he's able to work with others to bring this new eatery to life. Yeah. Eatery. (laughs) Eatery.
2: Love it. Um, Okay, so down in, oh, this one kind of hurt me hard last night when I saw it. A car crashed into Chris's Pancake House in South City. This is just down the street from where my mom lives. Yeah, I've been there so many times. It was actually just there last week, standing in that same area where the car crashed in. Oh, snap. Yeah. um, There's a lot of damage to their front entrance. Cinder blocks kind of scattered all over the sidewalk. It caused some structural damage, so they're closed for now. They said they'll keep us posted when they reopen.
0: Good. We'll ha- Hopefully we'll have that good news to yes. report because the world needs pancakes. Did this it, happen yesterday? it happened
2: on National Pancake yes, Day. Yes, I was just going to say that. <laughs> yes.
0: Oh, man. Oh, poor Chris's. Yes. Okay, so poor Chris's, poor arteries after yes. this next story. We got
2: two that are kind of funky yeah. here. Um, KFC has launched their fried chicken and donut sandwiches nationwide. So they tested this in some locations last fall, but now we can all get a little
0: taste of that. Question is are you going to?
2: I don't really go to KFC often.
0: I don't even know where one is close to my house, but I would try it. I'm not against it. Right, right. I don't know. It'll be it'll be interesting. I I have if you, we all know how much I love chicken and waffles. So mm-hmm. if it's anything like that, I'll probably like it, but Some I sort of I can't is. imagine myself making a special trip for it. There you go. Right. I guess.
2: Okay, how about this one? You can bring. (laughs) I'm just reading this one cold.
0: I didn't read this one before.
2: You can bring the McDonald's to your home with a new set of candles that smell like a quarter pounder. Yes. (laughs) So it's a set of six candles that, if you burn at the same time, (laughs) you get maximum deliciousness. Um, Each candle is a different scent. I didn't write them down here, but it's like bun. Onion. Oh, beef, ew! You have to assemble cheese. it. You gotta, yeah, you gotta do all six at the same time. Um, these went on sale this week and they sold out immediately. I guess they were on sale for about thirty-five dollars, but if you look on eBay, they're going for about two hundred. I don't know. <laughs> You're just confused. This is
0: too many stories about. Weird candle smells that I've heard recently. Uh, okay, like uh, mm, I don't. I'm the type of person though who doesn't even like bacon being cooked in my house because I don't like the lingering smell the lingering of bacon smell. on stuff. So this is my absolute worst nightmare.
2: Yeah, onion
0: onion candle. Something we all do not need. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe we. Do, who knows? Actually, like <laughs> I might smell it and be like, man, I feel like you should it just be like hung- the ballpark at maybe. the very least. You'd be hungry all the time. This is true. So I also wanted to share a little part of a conversation that I had recently um, with the folks behind Nine Mile Garden, actually. Um, This is a story that I did a little bit ago. We gave you some more heads up on the list when they first announced their initial uh, food truck lineup. Uh, so, I talked with Brian Hardesty about this lineup and just kind of finding out a little bit more about why he thinks Nine Mile Garden, the food truck garden that he's planning on establishing in Afton, is even a thing that St. Louis needs. So, here, I'm so curious about yes. this. Yeah. Well, you're about to find out. The reason we're doing this is because the Nine Mile Garden's inaugural food truck lineup is coming out.
4: Yeah.
0: You have quite a list there. Yeah. How was it when you went to go approach all these different food trucks? Because there's such a variety, there's such an assortment, a lot of them really well known, some of them kind of more up and coming. Tell me about your pitch that you made to get everybody to come to Nine Mile Garden and park there for a little bit.
4: Sure, so what I did to approach the food trucks was that I kind of made a list of my kind of dream lineup, and then I approached them first. Some individually, some as a group, kind of, you know, went over the whole Idea with them and try to get them inspired and go. Okay, this is something that's good for everybody and you know something that we can kind of work together on. And so um, once they heard the complete plan, everybody was just like, "Yeah, I'm in. Let's do this." So it fell together pretty quickly
0: one thing that i noticed too in it seems like a lot of people were craving something like this having you know these food truck business owners really excited about the opportunity and something that maybe st louis it's new for us but not new in the world of food truck food
4: totally and i think that people have talked about doing some kind of food truck park over the years i've had this concept in my head for about six years so Uh, I know that people have been wanting it, food truck owners and just the public alike. So when we got approached to, um, you know, with this possibility, you know, Um, me and my partners were like, this is a great, great idea. And then I got to approach the food trucks and they were like, yes, please let's do this. You know, so it was, it was very fluid and organic and everybody is super excited and it's just going to be, you know, a home run. And
0: so from what I understand, it's going to be, you're going to have some for lunch and then some, you're going to have at least five for lunch, seven for dinner. Exactly. It kind of sounds like a really good option for families with picky eaters, with kids, that kind of thing. Who do you envision coming to Nine Mile Garden?
4: that's exactly it I mean we are first and foremost a family friendly dog friendly venue you know outdoors outdoor family friendly movies sporting events live music but live music that you know I think that you know everybody's going to appeal to a large crowd um, you know and the whole place is designed around families so if the from the restroom to the the seating areas everything is promoting that kind of environment so we really hope that you know everybody enjoys it you know I think that um, the food trucks are a, a really great addition to St. Louis we travel around we we try to service as many people as we can but everybody's always truck owners have always wanted kinda of like a home base to be able to have you know a built-in audience um, and you know so this obviously is built for them and i think that they're really going to you know make their mark moving forward as not just a fad but as a staple in the St. Louis restaurant scene okay they have a place that they can permanently park every day almost every day of the year when it's nice and you know that kind of validates the endeavor you know it's not just a kind of okay i'm gonna go out for three hours and sell food instead it's like i I have a home and i can go there regularly and people can expect me there so in that way it's very similar to like city foundry that's coming up or you know any number of these other things so i think that the idea of trying to innovate and trying to do something new in st louis is what's going to drive the the food restaurant scene kind of forward so in
0: some ways it seems like it's almost creating a quote-unquote brick-and-mortar style yeah. opportunity, without it having to be a brick-and-mortar investment for these food truck places.
4: Absolutely, businesses. it's it's, and we we kind of look at the Nine Mile Garden um, truck concept as almost like kind of like an incubator, like to help develop you know lesser-known trucks, and then for established trucks, it's kind of a reliable source of income. You know, so everybody can kind of take a deep breath and go, okay, you know. At least I can go to Nine Mile Garden and and see a crowd and and take good care of them.
0: Hey, Dory, what's the best thing you had to eat
2: this week? So I had a tough time coming up with this one because there were a lot of good things that I had this week. Um, But I think the best thing was going to turmeric in the loop. So Mm, we popped over there. We had a late lunch Saturday, so we weren't really hungry, but we wanted to meet up with some friends for dinner. And we grabbed a couple um, like small appetizer plate things that we shared. And even just that little bit that we had there at turmeric was so good. We got the kebab sampler and a samosa sampler, and it was just divine. The sauces that you could dip everything in was so good. Mm. I can't wait to go back to get like an actual meal there.
0: I love that, though, just going out for like bites. That's yes. kind of fun. That's a fun social thing to do without having to spend too much money right. and still getting in that social environment. And, and then we that.
2: snacked on our friends' plates and got to try a little bit of their food, too. Oh, it was absolutely. all really good. So, A hundred
0: percent. That's mine. Mine was I have one and a half. Um half of mine okay. is the fried shrimp basket I got on Mardi Gras. Oh. Or at Mardi Gras. I don't know if you would say what you'd say, but in Soulard uh-huh. on Saturday, I just wanted the stands that was set up there. And it was so good. Like I was saying something to someone that I had street shrimp and they were like, that's messed up. You live in St. Louis. You shouldn't be eating street shrimp. No street meat. (laughs) Right. But it was so delicious. It was so crispy. The fries were like so wonderfully seasoned, but I don't know the name of the The vendor. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was just kind of one of those traveling vendors. Those generic ones. Yes. And it was so freaking good. Um, But I'm only letting that count as half because I don't think it's fair that I can recommend something that you can't. Try you yourself. Get right. um So this is very appropriate for the weather that we have right now. Lion's Choice oh. has a mm, wait for it. I, you might know what I'm the talking soup? about. The soup, the new chicken and wild rice soup. Yes, I saw it. I almost got it last oh week. My gosh. Okay, I know we've talked in the past about how the CEO there came from BreadCo. I don't know if he brought a bunch of like soup secrets with him, <laughs> yeah. but this chicken and wild rice soup is so good. I just got a little cup and I was literally thinking I'm, the next day I was like, man, I want to go get like go a get bowl more. of it and just have that as my, it was. So
2: good. I saw it when I was going through the drive-thru the other yes. day, and I, I did almost get it, but it was one of those really
0: nice warm days that we had uh-huh. recently. Today, it would be really good when it's Yes, not, yeah. absolutely. So random, of course, I'm picking another Lion's Choice menu item, but again, something that you might not think about trying for yourself, because right. maybe you always get the roast beef with extra, extra season. seasoning. <laughs> <laughs> What's happening this weekend? Well, a lot of oh. people won't be eating beef this weekend. Right, because Lent Yes. Today
2: we're recording on Ash Wednesday. This Friday, of course, we've got Lent and all those wonderful fish fries in St. Louis. Yes. So we've got a fish fry guide up on com. If you go there, slash fish fry, you'll find an interactive map with details on all the locations in the St. Louis area, their times, their days, what they're offering costs, blah, blah, blah. There are so many. I don't think you can go wrong. Um, But I did write a web story last year. If you're looking for a little bit of direction Mm -hmm. on the fan picks of where the best ones are in St. Louis, St. Ferdinand in Florissant was by far the number one that everybody loved. A couple others. My cousin's a
0: member of St. Ferdinand. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
2: Um, So a couple others are hobos at the American Legion in St. Peter's. Marco's Fish House in Madison, Illinois, mm-hmm. Saint Cecilia's Mexican Fish Fry in South City, which I've heard a lot about. That
0: one is like the famous that's city a one. Big
2: one, yeah. Um, and Saint Rose Development Club in Saint Rose, Illinois, and Most Sacred Heart in Eureka. Those are the favorites.
0: Wow. That's that's some good, like, legwork that you did to kind of put oh, that list it together. it took a lot, yeah. <laughs> I love that. That's awesome. So if you're also looking for, you'll notice some of our events are a little uh, more wholesome this weekend than nice. they were from Mardi Gras last weekend. <laughs> um, you heard just now about START and all of the things that those kids do. Your opportunity to attend a Syrian Supper Club is... Your next opportunity, I guess, is this Saturday. Um, of course, this is co- put on by Welcome Neighbor STL with the assistance of START. It supports refugee families who've recently settled in Florissant. That's what is going to happen this weekend. Um, it's at 6 p.m. at the Palatine Renewal Center with a suggested donation of 25 bucks a person. Um, all of that money is going to, again, go to help support some of those North County refugee families. You can get tickets on the Welcome Neighbor website. So you can very good, yeah, get
2: in on that. All right. And then Sunday, if you want to keep that Mardi Gras feel going just a Mm -hmm. little bit longer, Alpha Brewing Company is having a crawfish boil. It'll be a traditional meal with crawfish, potatoes, corn, and andouille sausage. This one you order by the pound. It's $12 a pound. Get it all right. Um, They'll also have some live music there. So that is happening
0: Sunday. I love it. Good stuff happening this weekend. Yeah. Maybe everybody needs to cool a little, little bit about uh, after St. Louis went a little wild last week. I weekend. think that's the point, right? We've got this some nice, flint, yeah. good stuff going on. Let us know whatever you wind up getting into this weekend. Abby Eats St. Louis is a 5 on Your Side production. I'm Abby Larico. And I'm Dori Almost. Our wonderful editor is Shelly Karam. Our theme music is by Jerome Fabi, Olivier Renoir, and Pierre Dubose. You know, I just started putting those in there because I like saying those names. I love it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure you subscribe to our podcast so you get it in your feed every single week however you get your podcast and it's been a hot second since we've gotten any ratings or reviews mm-hmm. so go ahead and do that too make Just us happy give us something to read you'll get a shout out we, you might get a shout out so hopefully we, if we get like hundreds and hundreds but of we positive and reviews then we have to pick and choose yes. but that'd be a good problem to have Yeah. let us also know what your thoughts are on our Instagram we're at Abby Eats Louis. and until March of 2020 oh, my goodness this oh year's going by seize the plate La, la.